What's up, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Kendall K. Howard, and I am back again with another episode of Supper and Cinema, and today I'm going ahead and talk about Sonic the Hedgehog. Ooh. So, uh, you know, as, as this being Supper and Cinema, with Supper and Cinema comes food. Some food, obviously, is the first name of the title. Um, today I have food from Girls Girls Burritos, uh, and I have the... Wow, I forgot what I got. <laughs> it's a bowl. It's a it is a burrito bowl. Uh, it is the um, dang. I'll just tell you when I remember what it had in it. Actually, hold on. Oh, right here. The baby bull bowl. Oh, crazy. The baby bull bowl. So what comes in the baby bull bowl is um spinach, onions, um, blue cheese crumbles, some chicken, some uh, sriracha, and uh not sriracha, chipotle sauce. So, I've ate it before. It's a little local bar. Uh, if you live in the city of Lexington, it's off Limestone next to Crumbs. You know what that is. Um, I ate it before. Got some good food. Natural, organic food to be exact. So, those are my little health freaks out there like to eat healthy. Um, this is a place you should go. Especially if you like want to get a drink as well because it is also a bar. So, if you want to get a little drink or something, get some good food. Girls, girls, burrito. I recommend it. So, uh, with that being said, I'm actually going to take my first bite of the food. You know how I do. I'm hungry on this show. That's the whole purpose. I'm hungry, and I want to talk about movies. So, excuse me for one moment. Mm. My breath is going to stink out to this podcast because there is bread onions in there. But I don't care. So, now that we know the food, let's talk about the cinema part, the movie. A movie I'm reviewing today is Sonic the Hedgehog. Now, I know some of you all who know about this movie, you know that this movie supposed to come out earlier than the release date it has this week. The movie's supposed to come out, I don't know, originally off the top of my head, I think it's supposed to come out last year, but <laughs> due to... The CGI that they did for Sonic, and the the amount of backlash they received for that for the CGI they done for Sonic, the movie executives and producers were smart enough to go back and fix it before they released it in theaters because they was going to bomb at the box office. But is that going to save them? Fixing the CGI, like would that help them or did it help them? Let's talk about it. So. Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, this movie is made by Sega, and I forgot who else is like the the production company behind it. I didn't even know Sega even had their own production company to begin with, but in terms of movies, I should say. So I can't think of it off the top of my head or find it right here. Actually, I can. So they, hey, who is this? Yeah, producers. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. But anyways. So, so they went back and, like I said, they did fix the CGI on Sonic the Hedgehog, the character. And with that comes the same movie, just a different, like I said, different Sonic. And the movie starts off from the end, not the end of the film, but like kind of like the, the climax of the film. And there's one of those little flashbacks where, like, Sonic is narrating the story. Not throughout the whole film, but just at the beginning part of the film. And he talks about how to get to where he is right now. So, flashback into the beginning we start the film off uh, from that point we see him 
as a kid on his home planet, and Sonic's played by Ben Schwartz. Uh, I'm, I'm not too familiar with his work, but as I'm looking at his face, I think I've seen him in some, some movies before. I just can't think of off the top of my head. Uh, ben Schwartz plays, he is the voice of Sonic. And like I said, we see him as a kid on his home planet at the beginning of the film. He's uh, taken, he's taken in by this owl character named Long Owl, uh, who is played by, go back to her, I didn't really have it like pulled up to be exact. It's, she is played by, where is it? It's, it's like a little small vo- uh, role, Donna J. Folks. So I'm, I'm not too familiar with the Sonic World, so I don't know if this is, like if it's canon to the actual story, like if it's actually true, like what happened in the in the game, I don't know. I guess there was comics too, so I don't know if it's happened in the comics or in the game. But on the planet, we see a little bit of the planet. We see it kind of looks like how the game looks. Like we see him running through the hills. Um, we see him like running through the little loop, and he even like makes a point of that. And there are these villains um, that come and that's like trying to get him we're not too sure why there's no reason to explain it to why they're trying to get him or what significance does he have for them or we just know that like there's some bad guys out to get him because he's fast that's basically how he narrated and told the story so he has to leave uh the planet he's on never get we never get a name of the planet we never get to really explore the planet which is something i was like uh I would think with a movie, we kind of get to explore it or get to know a little bit more about where Sonic comes from. But that's not the real focus of the film. And eventually he has to go to Earth. He gets sent, uh, sent to Earth through the ring, which unbeknownst to me, I didn't find out until later, that the rings are actually portals. I kind of knew about the rings and how they worked a little bit initially. But I haven't played a game in a while. I don't keep up with Sonic lore like that. I'm sorry to all my Sonic fans out there if you're watching this. I didn't really keep up with lore and know that like these rings take them to different portals of different worlds. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry about that. But he ends up going to Earth. And like I said, from early on, we see, like even as he was a, as, a, as a child on on the planet that he was born on, Somehow, somewhere, this man makes a lot of pop culture references from Earth. And that's something we see throughout the film. So it's not just something we see as he is a kid. Um, Given that once he, we take it to present time of the film, it is 10 years later. So I don't know how the agent works. It wasn't really explained in the film either. But I'm assuming that he's kind of like a teenager. And as we go on this review, you'll see why they're a teenager because by his actions... So, there is, like I said, there is a lot, a lot of pop culture references throughout this film. Like, to the point where there's even the backpack dance in this film twice. Um, a lot of product placement as well throughout this film. Like, you'll see names of, like, certain companies. And some of them would just, like, like just playing out just a product placement for the film. Some of them would just, like, just a little, a little subtle a little subtle nod into this company and, and the lines, but it's you you'll see it throughout the film. So, I mean, I mean, and I guess it's popular too to do that with like a a franchise or just a name with Sonic the Hedgehog for them or the company whoever's associated with it to put like a product placement in the film. So, mm, good. 
That's a spinach in here too. I didn't mention that. That's spinach in here. Hmm. That's a good ball. Um. <laughs> so Sonic, as he goes to the ring, he lands in Montana, which so happens to be named Green Hill. At first, I really didn't. It didn't really didn't like click in my mind that Green Hill was the name of the first like the place if you play any Sonic game. He starts off in Green Hill. Like the original Sonic, the original Sonic game. He starts off in Green Hill. I didn't think of that early on in the film, but as the film went on, there was like a little point in the film where he like kind of puts emphasis on Green Hill, and that's why I was like, "Oh, that's the place on the game. Like that's the first map or whatever that he played that you play on in Sonic the game." So I'm like, "Oh, crazy." So I don't even know if that was actually a Green Hill, Montana, but the place he lands in is Green Hill. And he stays there for 10 years. And fast forward 10 years later, and we see this cop named Tom, played by James Marsden, a.k.a. Cyclops, uh, who lives in this city. And it's a boring town. Like, I'm sorry to my people that live out in Montana, but it's like, oh, I mean, I don't know. Because people think the same thing about Kentucky. But we at least have a, a, a big... I'm not going to no shade, no towns. But anyways, it's kind of... The way the movie portrays is kind of like a boring town. Um, with nothing to do, and with James Marsden as a cop, he really doesn't do too much there. He just sits there looking for, we see him initially just like looking for a car to catch with his, uh, uh, speed odometer thing. I don't know what to call it right now. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm not, sometimes worries slip my mind. Sometimes I think about, oh, it don't matter. But we see him looking for things to like capture with his, with his gun, speed gun. And like I say, it just details how the town is born. Not too much is going on in that town. Um, and we see that as the film goes on, that like a little bit after that he dates a black woman named Maddie. So a little jungle fever in here, a little diversity. <laughs> who, according to Sonic, is a veterinarian who, who loves yoga. Because we'll see at the beginning of this film, Sonic, as 10 years progressed, he has a little place where he like stalks people in this town. And he knows who the people are, what they do. He gives them their own little names. So it's a little creepy. Not really, but, like, for him to do that, it's kind of creepy, like, to stalk these people and, like, kind of know what they're doing. And, like, from that, we get a sense of that he is lonely because Sonic hasn't been able to really interact with the people of this planet because he is an alien. And he doesn't. He hasn't really, like, shown who he is to the people of this town. Um, there was one guy in the film who who kind of seen him and he played around with, but the guy was crazy. Or just was just dusted off as a crazy man. Nobody really believed him, anyways. So Sonic kind of like stalks. I wouldn't I wouldn't say stalk. Stalk is like kind of like a harsh thing to say. He kind of like just watches a lot of people in the town, and I guess from that we'll see we can see that how he developed his understanding of pop culture and the references that he talked about throughout the film, but. He knows, the way he recites these references in the film is kind of like a way that this man was born on Earth and, like, knew about, like, everything. Like, he was, I you see in the script that they was, when they wrote this script, that they was, like, kind of pandering and kind of, like, catering to that type of audience. They, like, kind of get, a, like, a little chuckle or a laugh or, like, ah, oh, I know this from people talking about pop references, but... In the theater I was at, at least, there wasn't too many laughs from a lot of the jokes. There were some laughs at some jokes, but not too many of them. Oh, shoot. 
bought. So, hmm. James Morrison's character at the beginning of the film, like I said, he is a he's in a cop in a boring town. He does. What was the hell was that? He does. <laughs> he does get a job offer from San Francisco Police Department, and he he gets accepted by that job. So he he starts the film trying to go to San Francisco and try to get that job. Um, him and Sonic meet because Sonic does something dumb where he's like playing baseball with himself, and it causes a uh, electronic surge. It shuts off all the power, and I think it's like a couple. Like in the whole entire town and miles above the, like beyond the town, I should say. And the government takes notice of that. And, and uh, I'm over getting food out of my teeth, I'm sorry. And the town take, and the government takes notice of that, and they send in Dr. Robotnik, played by Jim Carrey, in the film to investigate the power outage caused by Sonic. Um, after that, like I said, they do meet each other, and he loses his rings, and they get dropped off in San Francisco. So the whole film is following them too as they go on a road trip to San Francisco, trying to get his rings. And like, there's a lot of tropes throughout the film, like typical movie tropes you see throughout this basic film, like the road trip theme, the the bar type scenes. The scenes of, like, just, I'm not your friend. Uh, you are my friend. Like, just stuff like that. Typical movie tropes. If you know about them, you, you'll you see as you watch this movie and watch this film. And you'll understand it. Like, guys, uh, it's basic stuff right here. Nothing too out, like, outlandish or nothing that's too creative. The film kind of lacks in the originality, if you get what I'm saying, when it comes to how they shot the film and the direction they went with it. So, as I mentioned, Jim Carrey does play Dr. Robotnik. Who, like I said, is sent in to investigate the power outage caused by Sonic, um, and he he plays Doctor Robotic in kind of a goofy sense. Like I know from the game, he wasn't as goofy, but like it's just the fact that it's like it's Eggman. At least how many of people were, uh, <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> many people refer to him as as Eggman instead of Doctor Robotic himself. Um, he's not fat. <laughs> That's one thing. He's not fat. Uh, he's not bald. At least not at the beginning of the film. He's not bald. Um, so that's two things that's like kind of like, ah, this is really Doc, is this really uh, Eggman? Is this really Dr. Robotnik? Um, yeah, he plays that. And it's typical Jim Carrey stick in the way he delivers Eggman. Like, kind of like that old school Jim Carrey, like mask type Jim Carrey or Ace Ventura type Jim Carrey. Like, not as wacky or outlandish as those characters were, but kind of like just a wacky taste or take I should say on Dr. Robotnik um he's extremely smart and they make a point of that like talking about that in the film how he is extremely smart but it, he has like a a weird like wacky type vibe with him and like I said it fits Jim Carrey as a as a character and it's kind of you see that's probably like a lot of scenes that he probably improv and just done on his own uh, just the way with his mannerism actions like if you know Jim Carrey you know like his stick or like just things that he done in films that made him stand out from early on like I said Mask Ace Ventura stuff like that and you kind of get a sense of that here but just kind of not as outlandish as though as those uh characters were like I said um 
he he you get a sense too that they talk about in the film with like the government when they called him man they, they talk about how this is not his first time doing this so the government is very familiar with him and they use him on different occasions uh like other national crises um that he solved not really not too really sure how but he one of his things that he focuses on is drones and kind of talk about that which i think I don't know. I'll say it's, I was I didn't make a note of it, but it's kind of something I think in my mind. It's like, is this a nod to like just technology or just like the way the future is heading? I don't know. The film didn't really like touch on it as much to make it seem like it, it was just something I just thought in my head. But so hijinks ensued throughout the film, and Tom and Sonic uh, eventually, like I said, they have to go to San Francisco to get Sonic's rings back, and. It, a, lot of, a lot of stuff happened on on the road trip to San Francisco. Like I said, just typical movie trope. If you've seen any type of road trip movie, you kind of know the storyline of a typical road trip movie. Like, ah, uh, we're, I don't know you, like the stages of like, I don't know who you are, to, oh, you may be a good guy, to, man, I don't trust you, I don't like you, to this like, oh, you know what, I didn't mean to say what I said, or blah, blah, like this is the makeup part. Like, it, the movie follows that type of like storyline, just like I guess the initial meeting part, the beginning part you want to call it, to oh, you know what, everything's good until like and, and so on. So, like I said earlier, the movie lacks in originality and creativity when it comes to that because it follows a lot of a lot of movie tropes throughout that film. There is a bar scene. So, as they are on this road trip and as they travel, there is a bar scene in this film. And as you in most road trip uh, movies, you'll see them go to a bar, go to a place. Let me take a bite. I haven't eaten in a minute. Some of my food people out there that like to watch me eat. This is for you. Hmm. <laughs> Girls, girl burritos, everybody. <laughs> but there is a bar scene in this film. And one person... So, throughout the film, we see that, like, Sonic is hiding himself and trying not to, like, reveal himself to people. But now that he's out and about with Tom, he has revealed himself to people. But... For some reason, there was only one person when they went to the bar that questioned who he was. And <laughs> Tom made up some excuse, Tom, about he had some type of disease, blah, blah, blah. And they just went with it. This man, or this creature, I should say, is short as heck. As hell. I can say hell. That's not, that's not really a cuss word. Hell. He's short, and he's blue, and this man has freaking... Spikes or what or whatever you want to call it, hanging out the back of his his head, and this man has white gloves, and his eyes don't look anything human. This it don't look like a human at all. This girl is just like, oh okay, well whatever, and you see Sonic like interacting with different people, and nobody nobody questions or asks like, is this a uh, a human or is this a creature? I don't know. Maybe I'm just nitpicking at that, but it's not like something I just picked up and noticed, cause like. How does nobody 
see that like this is clearly not a human being. Like I don't know what human you would think would like look like Sonic the Hedgehog, but without like any type of work being done. But it's like this is not a a human. So that was something that just got me. I don't know, but <laughs> in the in the bar scene as well, you know, if you see an X Men, I think it was in Days of Future. It was in Days of Future Past, and in the what's the film that followed Apocalypse, the Quicksilver scenes, right? So the Quicksilver scenes where he's like everything slowed down because Quicksilver being a fast like superhero, he sees things in faster time than people do and like slowed everything down, which made some pretty cool scenes, especially in Days of Future Past. Excuse me. They do this here. Not once, but twice. This gets the Quicksilver scene, they mock it. Not really mock it, but they try to do it twice in this and it doesn't really, I mean, it's not as cool or as effective as, like, the Quicksilver scenes was. And it just shows, like I said, the lack of creativity and the lack of unoriginality, of the lack of originality, I should say, in this film by doing that. You're like, you take, you're obviously taking a gimmick from another film by doing this, like, this, doing this trick. <laughs> and, I mean, it's not even the fact they did it once, but they did it twice. It's what made it worse. They did it twice in this film. So, we see that, and it also just, I mean, there wasn't too much good things I could say about the film. I mean, from my perspective, at least watching the film, I, it was okay. Nah, I'm not. It wasn't okay. It was bad. <laughs> Alright, all right, I already done enough setting up the film. Let me, I'm just going to get straight into the critique about the film. Okay, I already done enough setting up the film. Like I said, it's about Tom and Sonic going on a road trip. The San Francisco get his reins back. Dr. Robotnik's on the chase for him. All right, whatever. Okay, I'll say this. There was a, there were some action scenes, like when he on the... I'll talk about the play. When he was on the road, and and even in the, in the climax, there were some... The action, it wasn't, like, great, but it was decent enough to, like, keep you entertained, I would say, especially the one when they was traveling on the road, and Sonic was, like, kind of learning about his powers. So... The bad stuff, which is plenty of them in the film. One thing I noticed, even as like a, I wouldn't say I'm like the most like knowledgeable movie critic, or like I know everything about film. I'm not gonna put myself out there as like the most knowledgeable film critic. I'm like I just like movies and I like talking about them, and I know a bit of things about them to even expand my knowledge and, and talk about it and discuss it. But one thing that stuck out to me about this film was editing. So there was a bunch of cuts throughout the film that like just didn't seem as coherent with the film or didn't kind of follow like just a good editing guideline, I would say. Like there were cuts in the film, like in between dialogues sometimes that even that kind of like if you just paid attention to it or you didn't even like to pay attention to it, you just noticed like just the, the switch and the editing, I don't know if that came from after the the studio going back and remaking the film with like doing a new CGI version of Sonic, which I also talk about as well. But there was just scenes that like they stuck out to me. It was a, I think I could count them on my hand. Or, yeah, I could count them at least on my hand. Like just the times, the amount of times that I seen like just bad editing and like this weird and cussing them belong in, like, certain places in the film. And you'll see that. Um, the story is a typical little fish-out-of-water story. 
obviously Sonic not being from from this planet and not knowing what's like he well he's it's not the fact that he's like like a real fish out of water because he knows about Earth and like the culture. At least that's what the writers and and wanted to like display through the film and give to you and make it seem like that Sonic is basically human because he knows about Obi Wan Kenobi. He knows about the backpack dance. He knows about Keanu Reeves. Like it's this weird. There's like these things that like you would think a normal human would know. But it follows a fish out of water story in the sense that like Sonic is unfamiliar with Earth because he only just stayed in Green Hill, so he doesn't really know too much about Earth. And it's like you'll you'll get a sense of like one thing that you talked about with Sonic about the film that he is lonely, and because of the fact that he just been on his own and not really interacted with too many people on the planet Earth itself. That's one thing you'll see throughout the film, um, and. They don't dwell too much on it, but it kind of makes some little points throughout the film about it. But I don't. I think they didn't build up enough sympathy, enough from this character of Sonic to let you like feel for him more. But you do kind of get a sense. You kind of feel for him when he talks about him being lonely, which is understandable. I mean, this guy gets sent to a planet he doesn't really know, and he is told to like stay low and not to really get too much trouble. So you kind of understand that, but. Where they was trying to go and like trying to build that sympathy for Sonic, I think they could have did a better job of doing that as well. Um, another thing, like I said, it is unoriginal. Um, the creativity in this film and just the storyline in general wasn't as creative as it should be. But I guess when you're following like a, doing a video game movie, which there have been some, and emphasis on the word some, video game, like good video game movies, um, but not too many actually developed from video games that have been, like, real, like, standing and stout films that you can, like, point out and be like, that's a great video game movie. This is not one of them. This is not a great video game movie. I'm just pointing out that it's not a great video game movie. Uh, for the simple fact, like I said, the problems I already listed before. And the fact that, like, the CGI, they're done on Sonic. I'm going to read it again. Mm-mm. I'll do some tortilla chips in here as well. Like it comes with the food. With the ball, I should say. I crush mine's up and put it inside the bowl. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. <laughs> so, I think I kind of lost track of what I was saying. Oh, the CGI. Yeah. So, the CGI of him. It's, it's, you notice it, at the beginning it wasn't as bad, but as the film progresses, and especially when they do, like, close shots of Sonic, and there was, like, some scenes where he's in a car, you notice the CGI of Sonic, and when you look at it, at least to me, 
it kind of looked like you know how some some good CGI is done, and it's kind of like the actors play along with it, or you see it that it's not looked like it's, it doesn't look like there is CGI. Like they interact and they place it in the film as if it is a real person there. This one does not do that. It's like when he is there. You can kind of, like, to me, when I was watching this, you kind of see, like, an outline. Like, you can tell that it is CGI, and it doesn't really play it as if he's a real person, as, like, right there with him. He doesn't, they don't play it or design him to be as if he is a real person there. It, like I said, it was good, or decent, I should say, in the beginning of the film, but as the film progresses, as you get towards the end, it wasn't as good as I would think it would be. So that was one that kind of stuck out to me. I'm talking about nothing about Sonic. This guy don't shut the freak up. <laughs> I almost cussed. This guy don't shut the freak up, man. This guy is constantly talking. Constantly, you can see, you can get you can get annoyed with him easily. You, you can get annoyed with him because it's just the, the constant talk. He's just talking, making all these references and all these jokes. In which, in the theater I was in, a lot of these jokes didn't land. Like, some jokes did, and I was in there with some Sonic fans. Like, a lot of, like, people that was into the Sonic lore. A lot of the jokes that he made did not land. Um, So, the script writing and the jokes and the delivery of the jokes could have been better. Um, That's something I noticed just firsthand as watching the film. I was like, ah, there was a... Let me think. Hmm... Was there much any? Not, no. Actually, I, I I can't lie. I didn't really laugh at this. I had to sit there and think like, did I really laugh? No, I didn't laugh at this film. There was a lot of jokes that they force at you and like throw at you through the, in, this, in this film to like get you to laugh. Like I said, there are a lot of pop culture references, like a lot, a lot of pop culture references. You can see. I don't know if it was done in the rewrites of this film or if it was originally in the script, but. It wasn't funny. It wasn't funny to me that much. It was more so trying to be cute because it is a kids' film than it was actually trying to be funny. And I know what it like kind of aiming towards kids. I think this movie's rated PG, not rated G. I think with it being more so of a kids' film, I think you try to go for the more cute to get more of the kids' audience in. But there was kids in the theater I went in. The kids didn't even laugh. They didn't even laugh for real. There was one kid who just kept talking. Yeah, but it was like a, a little small baby. But not too many kids laughed at a lot of stuff that he did. So that's one thing I noticed in the film that kind of was like, ah, oh, man. I would think at least me not laughing jokes, at least the kids would get like a good belly laugh. But that, that didn't even happen in the film. So I kind of knew what I was getting into when I went to go see this film. But I was hoping that maybe with him doing uh, a re- a reshoot, not technically a whole reshoot, but like kind of like redesigning the, the character of Sonic. I would think they like trying to go back and be a little bit more meticulous and kind of understand and do a better, like just notice little things in the film, maybe tweak it a little bit, but I can't ask for everything to be great. This wasn't a good film. It was, I, I'm not going to, it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's not horrible. But if you want to, like, I would say, if you want to watch, like, a, if you are a Sonic fan, or if you like Sonic the character in general, not, like, just something you just want to watch with your kids, I say you can rent it. Don't, don't go see it in theaters. 
I'll give this movie a, a three out of ten, a three out, a solid three out of ten. I was thinking four, maybe being a little bit hopeful of the film, but I was like, nah, it's, it's a three out of ten. It's a three out of ten film. And this week's episode, Supper of Cinema, the food is better than the film. The food is better than the film. So, yeah. That's my review. Of so- oh, there was a little post credit scene in this film. I don't know if Sega uh, planned this to happen or they think they was going to get like a, a box office smash. Numbers ain't came in yet, so I really don't know what they're making the box office right now and the weekend ain't over with as I'm recording this. Um, but there is a post, not really post credit, it's like kind of mid, it's a mid credit scene, I should say, a mid credit scene that it shows a character that kind of would lead up into another film. So, I'm not gonna spoil that for you. If you want to see who it is, you go check out the film. If you smart enough to know who possibly that person can be, then you'll you'll know who it is. But there is another character that appears to set up a movie sequel to this film. So that is it for supper and cinema this week. Like I said, the food is better than the movie this week, and I give Sonic the Hedgehog a three out of ten. So I'm done. I'm about to eat. I don't know about you, but I know about me. Peace out, man.